On today's episode of Relative Currency, it has been humbling to witness what has been claimed as the world's strongest and greatest economy brought to its knees within two weeks of a shelter-in-place order, literally resulting in rioting in many areas. Brother, sister, and cousin, we've been relatives for a while. We're chatting about financial things. We're doing it family style. Cryptocurrency, stocks, and loans. Financial literacy. It'll be that and so much more on Relative Currency. Currency, fine-tuning financial literacy for the middle class. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Relative Currency, uh, where we're fine-tuning financial literacy for the middle class. I'm Frank here with Alicia and Treffin, and we're excited again to be here. The Dream Team is back for another episode. Uh, tonight, we're going to talk about a topic that is obviously uh, just it's just it's just one of those things that we've been we've been harping at a lot of different things. If you listen to our show, which you can listen to iTunes on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, um, Google Play, um, Breaker, TuneIn Radio, go back and listen to those previous episodes where we've talked about a lot of different financial topics to get you healthy. But in the wake of what's going on with this pandemic, I think uh, is going to have a nice, fresh perspective for you guys on some of the things we've talked about and give you a path going forward on what we should be looking at in the future uh, when these kind of things may occur. Greetings, everyone. We're once again finding ourselves in a strange new world. And it is a time to review and reflect on what we have learned and to call into question some things that we felt were true and may not be as foundational as we thought. First example I'm thinking of is job security. We have always believed that Sometimes economic difficulties are caused by insecure employment. That's certainly true, but now what employment is secure has narrowed considerably. As a physician, I'm currently witnessing not only colleagues going into the front lines dealing with this crisis, but also facing furloughs, 20 to 80% pay cuts if they are continuing to work due to lowered censuses of patients for causes other than COVID and a need to prepare for an increase in COVID patients and just the the acuity that they require, the uh, amount of care that they require necessitates that you essentially clear the hospital of anything that is not absolutely essential. It turns out the hip replacement a routine eye exam, a dental checkup, a diabetic foot check, many of these things are going to be postponed, mammograms. I'm very fortunate to be in an area where you cannot delay uh, the birth of a baby when a woman is in labor. But in general, it has hit from what is felt to be the upper echelons of white collar professions to the bluest of the blue collar professions 
that no one is immune to losing their job or losing the security of their job and facing a decrease in income. And this is why we should always have an emergency fund, ideally with three to six months of expenses. It has been humbling to witness what has been claimed as the world's strongest and greatest economy brought to its knees within two weeks of a shelter-in-place order, literally resulting in rioting in many areas. This has to do with, and again, I am not faulting individuals, but for those of us who can, we must do better. We have to live beneath our means. We cannot spend our entire paychecks. There is no way to predict everything that can happen But I can guarantee you that if we are seeing this, we are likely to see something like this again, whether it's related to this pandemic, the multiple ripples that are occurring, or another future event, again, not necessarily foreseen or anticipated. We have to be better prepared. Another issue that has come into play is just the fact that financial health is very difficult to achieve without physical health. People who were early infected with this disease were sidelined from working for an extended period of time, and many report extended periods of weakness after recovering from the illness and its most severe effects. For this reason, again, emergency fund, savings, living beneath one's means, and spending wisely. One of the topics that we covered included grocery shopping. We've seen the bare shelves here in these United States and had many questions about when there would be bread, when there would be toilet paper, when there would be milk. There have been shutdowns of meat plants. Very soon there may be shortages of meat. Uh, While people do not need meat to survive, Uh, Obviously, we all want to be able to provide for our families, and I think that speaks again to being economical in our grocery shopping and trying to make fiscally sound choices in our households. As long as we are in uh, kind of the individualistic model in which our culture is operated, I think that as much as we can do individually, we definitely should. We have seen food banks step up and try to meet the need of of people who have found themselves in a position of not being able to um, procure uh, food in the typical fashion. And that need has risen by, I believe, 40% is what I've heard, where you've seen miles long lines, uh, six-hour waits to receive uh, food from from food banks and food food pantries. So it's a very sobering situation to be in. And I just want to take a time to circle back and reflect on what we have been covering in in an effort to allow us to weather these types of storms um, financially, physically and spiritually. 
I think on another note, what has gone on with the educational system from preschool to university level may also represent a shift uh, in terms of how educational uh, materials are delivered, um, how instruction will occur, and what we will be expected to pay for it going forward. And it's, and it's possible when uh, the dust settles that we will see some positive effects in terms of uh, higher education and other uh, non-public forms of education. And also innovation in education and uh, getting our communities digitally connected in order to find resources and uh, keep young people engaged even while they have to remain separated from each other. Uh, at this time, I, I wanted to know, Frank and Treffin, if you had any reflection, anything that you think is particularly pertinent that we covered in the in the past or an aspect of that that you think would be relevant to highlight at this time? Um, you know, one of the things you did mention that uh, one of the episodes that I think it's an episode called Break in Case of, and it was an episode that I, I was kind of leading in the emergency fund. And I think that that can be, I, obviously there's a lot of other things in there, but it's, it's the idea that the emergency fund has to be solvent because you're going to spend it. It's not the savings account. It's not anything else. It has to be ready. And, and so I think that what this time has shown in the crisis that we are not ready. And I can even tell you, and I would be a liar if I come on the show and tell you that I was ready. I'll just tell you that glory to God that he's protected me and my family to where, one, we haven't gotten sick, and two, we're able to still work because um, I've worked in what they consider to be an essential job. My wife's able to work from home in her essential job. So we haven't really been getting, and, and we need it too because we've got some other things going on, which is another story for another day, but we have been able to stay afloat, whereas if one or both of us lost our income, I don't know what exactly we'd be doing. I mean, we were not in the three to six months readiness category. Um, we might have been ready for maybe a month, but it, that wouldn't have been enough considering how long this might go on. So just the idea that um, you have to be ready um, and just, just, to, just to give a perspective of when the famine hits, it hits. I want to give the example of Joseph in the story of Genesis. And, and I know some people may not believe in God who are listening to this, and that's okay. It doesn't matter. The, the, even if you take the story as um, a hypothetical or parenthetical story, basically the idea was there was um, the king of Egypt, Pharaoh, had a dream um, about which, which amounted to there's going to be a great harvest, great seven years, and then a bad seven years. And Joseph, who at the time interpreted the dream, had the wherewithal to say, hey, we're going to take basically a fifth of everything from all the surplus years. So that way, when the famine hits, we have supplies, we have grain, and, and, so to speak. And what what I will say is when the famine hits, it's too late. I mean, it's too late to try to gather a surplus. I mean, now, I'm, I mean, I do believe, and I want to turn this into a, a, um, a Sunday school lesson, but I do believe God will protect you regardless if you trust in him and things like that. But outside of that, I think it's very important to be a good steward. I think stewardship is something that, you know, we all need to be better at that regardless of what we believe in. 
because you don't have time to get ready when the when the when the other shoe drops. Like once it happens, um, you know, I think financial readiness and as Paul had, had talked about and Trevor talked about in the previous podcast, disaster prepared preparedness, right? Like having masks, you know, people are not taking it seriously. Like we got some masks now finally, but it took weeks for us to get masks because we were behind the eight ball. So just really the idea of being prepped in worst case scenarios for being able to deal with things financially and then also understanding other things. I mean, I, I just think there's so much to learn from this. For those of us that survive, it would be irresponsible to not pass down the generational knowledge so that, you know, we can say, you know, maybe Spanish School of 1918 that got lost in history because maybe there wasn't as much information to be handed down in a way or was handed down in a way that was lost. But in this age of technology and the way we can transcribe things, we should not lose this experience to be able to hand down to the next generation, especially. I agree completely. And I do feel like um, the fact that perhaps it, it was lost maybe via the baby boom generation, generations prior to that had several collective experiences that were shouldered fairly equally by everyone who was alive at that time. Everyone felt the effects universally. And um, and our generation and the subsequent generations have had some significant events, but this is a very unique type of situation that affects everyone across the board and no one is completely insulated from. And I think that that is why we saw the behavior uh, if we were fortunate to have them of our grandparents and our great grandparents and depending on your, your family history, it may or may not have been different than what you learned from your parents. In our situation, I do believe it was different. And some of that, uh, the nature of how they handled their finances really has gotten lost in a very, um, debt obsessed, uh, consumerist culture. So I welcome the return of fiscal responsibility. And as you said, unfortunately, it's, it's hitting a little bit late, uh, for a lot of people as we can see. But going forward, as we take each new day in turn, I think that it's going to, it's a reckoning. It's a reckoning for everyone. And so those that are able or when they are able, because some may not be able now, but they will be in the future, it's going to change their perspective and how they handle their money and how they look at their job, where they live, what they drive, what they're eating, where they're traveling. All of these things are going to be examined because, as I said at the top, everything that we thought we knew is being called into question. So, I think that uh, we would do well if we can to remember the wisdom that was passed down to us about money and about making sure that we were prepared for unexpected events. And that is advice that will never grow old. Amen to that. I mean, that's that's a great way um, to kind of wrap wrap this episode up just with that. And so thank you for sharing that. I think it was so important to be able to just have that perspective on what's going on. So I encourage you to go back and listen to this episode again and just get that perspective. 
Um, like I said, this is this is something that is going to be a, this is this is a a marker. This is a seminal moment in history to where you know a lot of times we do our shows. They're kind of if you listen to them, they could be kind of standalone anytime. But even though this is specific to um, this pandemic, some of these episodes you're hearing, this will be a lesson that will be relevant for the rest of human history as we know it. Um, and so we just want to archive that here and we're, we're grateful to be a part of that and be able to share um, our experience and hopefully some knowledge, some wisdom with you. So again, we want to thank you guys for listening. We encourage you to listen on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, Google Play. Um, just continue to subscribe, continue to support us, and continue to subscribe uh, to the podcast, share with your friends, give us a like, give us a rating, and we appreciate you guys. We love you and we will see you soon on another episode of Relative Currency. Thank you for listening to Relative Currency. Please subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and other major podcast platforms.